The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. It's time to get in the ring with DJ D. Kooks and Beast Mike. How you doing, Beast Mike? I'm doing pretty good. Uh, it's a very nice Thursday afternoon. It's uh, We're just comfortably c- trying to get over whatever that was in Jeddah and a whole lot of stuff that happened over the last week uh, away from WWE. So I want to start right to with it. a new segment, a brand new segment on the uh Get in the ring. Mm-hmm. Um, we 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 uh various forms of Nyquil. Yes, sells out in the past week. So Beast Mike has the Nyquil report. Take so, it away, Beast Mike. All right. So let me let me kind of introduce this. Now, over the last couple of years, uh, some of you may go to the Sports Lounge page or my Twitter, Twitter.com/slash/BeastMike, and you see I find videos of. Various moments of combat sports, whether it be boxing, MMA, UFC, no matter what it is, I, I go throughout the uh, the year, and, wrestling I, and, and wrestling can be added too. So what ends, what I end up doing is that I end up trying to find moments where there's straight one punch or one kick or one elbows or one knees or any type of form of knockout, and where the person getting hit by it is instantly KO'd not getting up. Hence, I, I pretty much hashtagged it NyQuil as, as a NyQuil moment because somebody's going to sleep in some way, shape, form, or fashion. So here we are this week. I fi- ended up finding a really good one from last weekend's UFC. And it was on, it was on Twitter. You can find it on Twitter. The, the video's still up. So Valentina Slavichenko knocked out Jessica I. And how appropriate is this? Basically, she got kicked in the eye uh, last week at UFC's 238 with a devastating head kick. Instant put to sleep. You, you can you can watch the video uh, on Twitter. Uh, Austin Kellerman actually put put the video up, and you, you can actually when you turn the sound up, you can actually hear the impact of Savichenko's foot literally into the face or the eye of Jessica Eye, and Jessica is out the moment the kick hits her. So this is uh, there are a lot of good nightclub moments this week, and a lot of very valuable ones. But to me, I think that one that was a good one. And we got the another one here, uh, also from Saturday night. Michael Seals put uh, put Booker to sleep, put uh, yeah, put Booker to sleep with a devastating. I'm watching this right now. It's a devastating. You set him up, set him up, and hit him with a devastating overhand right to the back of Booker's head. And it looks so devastating. And this is top ring boxing with the video, by the way. It looks so devastating that it looked like Booker tore his ACL the way his knee bent backwards. It's, it's an ugly landing for Booker, but Seals dropped in clean with a, a right overhand right to the back of the head. And Booker was out the moment the punch hit him and basically folded up like a pretzel. Uh, so there's more good night quote right there. 
So those are those are two special moments. Whenever there's a, a big wrestling or a big MMA or UFC, we're gonna keep looking into this. And obviously by the end of the year, I'm gonna have a, a Nyquil uh, moment of the year. I'm gonna put that out here, not only on this show but on my sports lounge page as well, or on Twitter. So look out for that every week. That is the night. Those are Nyquil moments of the week. Yes, the Nyquil moments of the week, and we'll start with New Japan Dominion <laughs> because that also had an honorable mention Nyquil that no one ever wanted. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all, all facts, all facts. So let's get into this. Let's talk about this one too. So Mark Ray Muldy showed this, uh, had this video up on his Twitter, and it's absolutely frightening. Uh, so Abushi and Naito had a match, and it was awesome because Abushi and Naito. And there's a spot here where Naito is dropping a German suplex on oh, yeah. Abushi. On the apron. Yes, it's as bad as it sounds. And it looks so much worse. So the suplex itself, okay, how are they going to pull this off? Because they're kind of catty-cornered. They're not, like, on the apron straight on. They're kind of catty-cornered. It's like, Abushi could actually land on, on the floor. I wish he did. Unfortunately, he did not. His head hits the corner of the apron and kind of tilts. It's kind of slanted over. It's a, it looks a whole lot nastier than I'm describing it. I'm trying to describe it as, as cleanly as possible. Abushi did not get knocked out or break his neck. Yeah. <laughs> We've seen instances where Abushi matches and ended up effectively in knockout. But this was terrifying. He's literally, his head, I'm watching it over again. I don't know why. But I'm watching it over and his head, the side of his head hits the apron. And it's just... In an ugly fashion, it, it kind of goes towards his left collar, his left shoulder and collarbone. It's a nasty, nasty German suplex that we would all think would knock out a normal man or paralyze a normal man, for that matter. Yes. Um, but getting to that match between Ketsu and Naito and Kota Ibushi, we're going to go a little out of order here. Naito would win with the uh, Destino. Um, and... And in 22 minutes and 10 seconds, um, they did, had a freaking awesome match, but the German suplex spot was terrifying. Yes. It was absolutely terrifying. But then, like, Abuchi, like, a few minutes later was, like, doing, like, a nice finishing sequence. So, it, he's all right, but I never want to see... I know these men to make their decisions with their bodies. Yes. Okay. I get that. I never want to see that again. That was just yeah. That was just terrifying. We we don't we don't really need to see uh, that happen there. Yes. So we had the main event, which was Chris Jericho versus Kazuchika Okada. Okay, match. Um, went a little long for my taste. Mm-hmm. Um. And Okada reversed the Judas effect and countered it into a cradle for win. It was a shitty finish. Mm. Um, first shitty finish in New Japan in a while, so it, it's not really that bad. Um, he just not- wanted a more decisive conclusion, but not not a up to a standard of an Okada being a man. It's not like he just wanted a more solid conclusion and more. Definable yeah. conclusion as I opposed to a rain. You wanted the Rainmaker finish. Okay, I get what you're saying. I rated it three and a quarter. But then Will Ospreay and Dragon Lee. 
holy shit, these two guys <laughs> had an amazing match. I mean, those are two guys that I can never get tired of watching. So uh, there was a notable spot in this match where Osprey heads to the top. We cut them off with the super kick. Then he hits the, you know how Dragon Lee runs and does the Rana on the apron to the floor? Yes. Well, Osprey flips out of that <laughs> and stands oh, on his stuff. So he looks like the, the Spanish fly style. Yeah. Phoenix. And, a, and he gave Dragon Lee like the most look at disgust, like, fuck you, you motherfucker. <laughs> and just. <laughs> Starts lighting it and does an apron power bomb and the shooting star press for a tube count. That was my favorite spot of the match. That is that is actually gross. <laughs> it is... was gro- it was grossly um osprey, but I love Will Osprey. Such an osprey thing to do. It really is. To take your best stuff and make you look foolish as you hit it. That, that's that's such an osprey thing to do. Because. That running Rana spot is always amazing. But Osprey made it like 10,000 times more amazing just by landing on his feet. Does a Descandora flee, got counted by a hook kick by Osprey, and then another hook kick. Hidden Blade connects, super Oscar by Osprey when Stormbreaker finishes Dragon Lee off four and three quarters. Match of the year contender. Mm-hmm. Really good shit. And, you know, it, it was a marvelous match. We're sort of going backwards anyway, so freaking Shibata arrives and brings out Kenta! Yes! That Kenta! Those of you may know him as a day with Tommy. Those of you know him for Kenta before he jumped to WWE. Those of you may know his finisher, very popular, known as the Go to Sleep. Kenta then made his declaration known. He wants in on G1. I am all for this. Wrestling Twitter blew up. The IWC blew up. Wrestling Twitter blew up. A lot of his former compatriots in WWE, a lot of wrestlers uh, outside of WWE, for that matter, everybody blew up. That Kenta's back home. I'm with it. I want to see Kenta in in G1. I'm all for this. This should be a dope G1 if he gets in. The girls destiny to beat Evil and Sonata, so they're probably going to move on to a new feud. Big Tom Ishii beats Tai Chi to win the Never Open Weight Championship in a very good match. Four star. The home stretch was awesome. Very physical. Tom Ishii always delivers. Big Tom Ishii, Tomohiro Ishii, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call him. Mm-hmm. He always delivers in big spots. And this was a big spot. So good for Tomohiro Ishii. Um, Tanahashi, Taguchi, and Juice Robinson defeats Jay White, Juice Ro- Jay White, Chase Owens, and Taiji Ishimori after after White hit a final cut variation. Don't do that. White hit the final cut variation. Don't do that again, Tana. On Owens to win. I mean, Tana hit the final cut variation. Okay. Which looked awful. <laughs> it looked awful. But then we had Liger and Yoshihashi defeat defeat uh, Minoru Suzuki and Jack Zack Saber Jr. Um, um, Yoshihashi cradles Zack Saber Jr. for the win, and that sets up their British Heavyweight Championship match, and nice. that sets up the Liger Suzuki match as well. 
that's going to happen at some point. Shingo motherfucking Tagagi beat, <laughs> beats Satoshi Gojima in a very good match. Three and three quarter stars. I just couldn't pull the four, tr- four trigger on it. But Shingo wants in on the G1. Fuck yes. Mm. I want Shingo in the G1 because he's going to be blasting with the big boys. And Shingo is a big boy. We're getting big players that want in on the G1. This is going to be a dope G1. And then U.S. champion John Moxley defeats Shota Yumino. Um, Death, dump suplex and the uh, Death Rider for the win. And John Moxley what's in on the motherfucking G1. Let's go. We're getting big players in the G1. This, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a dope G1 this year. I can't some, wait. G1. Oh my god, heavy hitters in the G1 this year. My this, goodness, it's about to be a dope G1 this year. I'm this gonna be so much. This is gonna be so much depth. The G1 looks fantastic. This is gonna be so much depth in this tournament. Not even that. Just the tag matches. They're gonna be like the pre, like the other stuff. Where, where the where the blocks aren't going to be involved. Tag matches, they're sort of like nights off. Yeah, they are. But like even even that, like, just to see dynamics of like uh, like different combinations, that, that's going to be interesting. But yes, the, the G one tournament itself. Imagine we get Young Will in the uh, G one too. I'm, that's what I'm saying. Like we're going to see so many different styles, and it's going to be so. There's going to be a lot of match of the year candidates coming from this tournament. If everyone that we would like to see get in gets in. Do you want to talk about Super Showdown, which sucked? At least we're not getting the all-time rank this week. Yeah, that's true. Uh, the, so whatever deities, uh, wrestling deities you prayed to uh, within the last, uh, well, from what we put the show on was Thursday, so we, it came up Friday. Uh, whatever deities you prayed to before Corbin versus Seth Rollins happened, uh, clearly that the wrestling gods heard your prayers. The match itself was ew, just not good. <laughs> really, really that's the theme of the show. Except for Revival Usos. Revival Usos, this is not on you. And even to a lesser extent, Balor and Almas, not on you. You guys were okay. This is not because not due to the six of you guys. You guys are fine. Corbin and, and Rollins. It was, match. It, was, it was an obvious story. You focus Rollins on the Corbin focuses on the ribs. That was a smart decision by Corbin. And he hits his deep six, but Corbin's temper and him basically whining to the refs that he should count faster basically got the best of him. Corbin had no reason to lose his match physically, yet lost the match because, because mentally he just wasn't able to get Rollins down for three. Rollins rolls him up, steals the pin, keeps the Universal Championship, and then Brock Lesnar approaches the ring like, okay, here we go. Lesnar is the layup for Lesnar. Corbin doesn't. Corbin misses the layup, so Brock Lesnar's going to get it. Paul Heyman then trips on the apron, and the distraction causes Rollins to get the drop on Brock, low blow, and then basically Rollins repays Lesnar for the beating he took the previous Monday. And finishing the deal with the curb stomp onto the briefcase, Rollins escapes Jetta with the Universal Championship, no cash in for Lesnar. To kind of play, to kind of finish this out with Brock is that Heyman basically said they're not going to tell you when Lesnar may cash in uh, on Seth and or even Kofi. They, they, everyone's assuming Seth, but we, we can't forget that Kofi's WWE champion still. More on him in a moment. <clears throat> the next match was on, on the main card was Demon Balor versus Almas. Decent match. 
nothing special here. I'm looking crowd, forward to seeing better from them. What's up? The crowd was dead. The crowd was all but dead because uh, after I think it was trying to re- recompose itself after the uh, after what happened with Seth. Balor gets the win with the coup de gras. It was it was a decent match. It was an okay match. I, I look forward to seeing more uh, from them when they eventually run it back for the IC title. I'm sure they will because they're effectively one one in the series. So I, I'm looking forward to seeing them run it back. You didn't miss anything from that match, honestly. Let's see here. Next on the totem pole. Lars Sullivan destroying Lucha House Party not once but twice in a, in a four-day span. The first time he did it with Lucha House Party getting himself disqualified and walking out in one piece. The second time on Raw, not so lucky. Uh, Sullivan destroyed Kalisto within seconds with the, with the uh, freak accident and then took and then basically bodied Lince Dorado in similar fashion. And he took his time at Grand, Grand Metal League to the point where he was able to destroy the other members of Lucha House Party even worse. And it finished off Grand Metal League with a headbutt. Lars Sullivan leaving Lucha House Party in his wake. Can we please give Lars Sullivan some real competition and Lucha House Party go back to 205? It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Next up, Shane versus Roman. Okay. Yeah, yeah it was... He presented the match and wins the match. Are you kidding me? Shane wins the... I don't... Why Shane won the match, I have no idea. Uh, Why Shane no, of the offense in this match? I have no idea. Yeah, a, a whole lot of it was bad, and a whole lot of it, it it's it plays into the whole point of Shane need, needing help to win against decent ta- against solid talent. It was a claymore that really is Drew McIntyre that won the match for Shane, and Shane just got the pin on, on Roman. Drew with the claymore to finish the deal. Obviously, they're building towards stopping grounds when uh, when Drew faces Roman. Uh, this. Uh, next Sunday, actually. Next Sunday is going to be the uh, the pay-per-view for Stomping Grounds. I'm not looking forward to it. Triple H got the motorcycle entrance. Who cares? Triple H got the WrestleMania-style entrance. Uh, I, I like the bike, but the, the match itself, whatever. Triple H and Lord, you've seen it a thousand. You've seen it once. You've seen it a thousand times. Uh, both guys hit their finishers, but ultimately it was the RKO, the second one of the match for Randy Orton to get it done. You didn't miss it. You see, again, you've seen it once. You've seen it a thousand times. You missed nothing here. Kofi and Dolph. I think they're going to do better in the cage. I'm, I'm actually okay with them having the rematch. Ultimately, it was Ziggler's arrogance kind of getting in their, in his own way. Ziggler super kicked Woods, and Woods even would clap back and hit him later with a kick, leading the trouble in paradise to get it done. For So Kofi retains the title with a little bit of help from Woodsy. Big E did return on SmackDown. Well, New Day had a solid main, six-man tag main event with, uh, with Kofi, Zayn, and Owens, where ultimately it was Kofi pinning Zayn after the trouble in paradise. So we'll get that out of the way. It was a decent, it was a solid main event to see New Day all back together again. That, that was that was solid. <clears throat> yeah, Strowman and Lashley. It was all right. Nothing. Eh, again, not really much missed here. Strowman won. Lashley did his part in the match. It was, Lashley was okay. Uh, just it was nothing blow away and nothing not dud city, but it was just nothing special here. Uh, Strowman gets the dub here, and, and and Jetta. The other part of this. Jetta was it was scorching hot. It was, it was like hundred degrees in the ring or something, or ringside apparently. But yeah, it, it was not a. But Strowman gets it done. Not much here. Not much there. The crowd was at least hot for the battle royal, at least towards the very end. Was they noticed Mansoor, who I actually like. I think Mansoor is going to actually have a pretty good future in NXT. Uh, Mansoor beating Elias. They, it came down to those two. Mansoor winning the battle royal in front of his countrymen. Although that was a good moment for for Saudi for. For Jetta and the whole country there, I thought that was a good look there. I'm okay with that. Mentor winning. It's a battle royal, so whatever. And the other part of it, Titus 
not world sliding and onto the uh, under the ring this time. So they made a good deal out of that. No. What's up? I love how Ty's got his own entrance. Yeah, because everyone because he broke the internet when he did the slide last year. So I love how they played it up in the same exact spot in this in pretty much the same exact match. It was nice seeing AOP back in the ring though. I need to see AOP in a tag team division, preferably SmackDown, but I need to see AOP on a tag team division ASAP because both tag team divisions kind of needs a little bit more juice. At least Raw's got better. We'll get to Raw's in a little bit. <clears throat> uh, after the Battle Royal, pretty much was the main event of Goldberg and Taker. The crowd was at least kind of alive for, the, for this match because Goldberg and Taker and their, their reputation superseding themselves. Ultimately, Goldberg was out of gas. Taker this was sucked. This sucked. This was horrible. You should not send two 50-year-old men ab ab above the age of 50 out there to have an eight-minute wrestling match. It sucked! Goldberg was completely out of gas. Pretty much Goldberg had 90 seconds of offense. With his, you with think a Goldberg's a good pro wrestler? Fuck oh. you! Goldberg's not a good wrestler anymore. <laughs> it's Goldberg basically put all of his energy in Spearing Taker to start the match. And that was effectively it. Goldberg basically did little to nothing else. It was basically Taker having to carry the match. And ultimately, Taker... That jackhammer looked awful. It did. That's what I'm saying. Goldberg was out of gas. Goldberg burned all his gas. He burned himself out with the spear. With the spears to start the match. He had nothing left after those spears. And then Goldberg tried to jackhammer him. It was, it was brutal. It, it was brutal. Taker kicked out. Whatever. Ultimately, the match ended with Goldberg simply not being it. Literally, Taker tried to carry Goldberg and literally couldn't. As he tried to hit a tomb. Goldberg tried to counter a tombstone. That was recountered. Goldberg ran out of gas. Taker realizing this basically ended it with a choke slam, which I think was, I think, for the best for everybody. The match was super, it was just painful to watch. We don't need to see these guys wrestle anymore, Goldberg and Taker. I get it, they did it because money, but it's not worth it. It's just, it's not worth it. Both of you guys just retiring. Taker, let's put him in the Hall of Fame already and keep it pushing. So that was Super Showdown. You missed nothing. If it ends up being your worst show of the year, I completely understand. Uh, it, was a, it was a painful experience for a lot of people to watch, and it was a three-hour experience. Raw. Was Raw any better? Kind of, because it couldn't get much worse. So Raw, we got a whole lot of uh, celebration from Shane and McIntyre. We got a good triple threat match for... The Revival, Usos, and Hawkins and Ryder, who actually defended their tag titles. I did actually see something about the tag team title defenses of the three tag champions. Apparently, the Iconics actually do defend them. They're just not on TV when they do it. They're mostly defending the house shows. So I, I guess I guess we, we were a little too hard on the Iconics. Not going to see a title change at a house show. No. But, but they, they do defend, they at least kind of defend them, apparently. So we, uh, maybe we're a little too hard on the Iconics and their, their tag team championship reign. But we will, but please defend them on a pay-per-view or please defend them somewhere with actual cameras who are actually broadcasting. Cell phones. Pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's, what, that's, that's all I ask. Like, you win them, you win them, you lose them, you lose them. But just, just defend them on, on TV, please. Uh, Iconics. The women's tag team division, the tag team championship, it was a great idea. I don't want it to go to waste. I think that, that's what I'm saying here. So the triple threat match with the, the tag team champions, Hawkins and Ryder, the Revival, and the Usos was actually good. So I, I'm, I'm, very, I'm good with that. And the ending was fine. 
where the revival basically steal the match as Jey Uso super kicked everybody, and the revival steal the match uh, by by pinning Ryder to uh, to keep the tag to keep, uh, win the titles back for the second time. I'm happy about that. That's perfectly fine. Uh, Corbin, the show itself actually started with Corbin basically saying they're going to run it back, Corbin and Rollins, at stomping grounds for the Universal Championship, but Corbin this time gets to choose the rep. I'm guessing Sami Zayn, but we'll see how this goes. I already told you about what Lars Sullivan did. Challengers emerge for the U.S. title. Finally, we're getting something of substance here. Well, we've got some people who could actually challenge for the U.S. title. Cesaro, Ricochet, Strowman, Lashley, and Mills are all coming for are all coming against Samoa Joe. This is a good look for me. For me. I, I'm good with this. Any of those five will, be, will do. Although apparently Cesaro got hurt. I'm hoping it's not serious. Any of those five will do perfectly fine. The challenge Joe for the U.S. Championship. I'm cool with it. Nikki Cross kind of accidentally uh, made the outcome happen with the two cha- the two champions facing the two challengers for stomping grounds. Uh, Bailey and Becky ended up losing to Lacey and Alexa after Lacey hit the woman's right on both of ch- both champions and then pinned Bailey to win the match. Nikki actually had a match with Bailey on SmackDown. Solid match. Nikki looked pretty good, but ultimately Bailey was a little bit better. So Bailey gets the W there. Uh, let's see. New, yeah, I told you the Royal Royal Tag Team Championships. Close quarter stuff. More Truth and Carmella stuff with the elevator. I thought that was pretty funny. EC3, my guy. I, I, did, I thought you were a meathead, but I didn't think you were a cannibal. That was that was, that was weird. That was very odd. Randall Rabbit was hilarious. Uh, the Firefly Funhouse uh, was, was creepy. And then Sami Zayn caused some mayhem between Owens and between Owens and Rollins. Good Owens Rollins stuff. Ultimately, it was Rollins basically destroying everything in his path and curb stomping. Sami Zayn to end the show. Good look by Seth Rollins to basically dominate the uh, the closing part of Raw. So good job there. Why does the Rambling Rabbit keep getting killed? I, I guess it's their version of Kenny from South Park or, or their version of... I, I don't know why he keeps getting killed and basically they turn him into jelly. <laughs> which, I thought was, which I thought was funny and semi-terrifying. So... I'm, I'm, this fun house stuff is an in-ring debut. I'm sort of sick of these segments. Yeah, as I'm saying, I, I kind of, I kind of want to see Bray get back in the ring. Alistair too. Like Alistair is actually going certifiably crazy on SmackDown without any sort of competition. Who would you want to see Alistair actually uh, like have his first main feud with on SmackDown? I don't know. Mm. I don't care because they're going to fuck him up in like a couple months. I kind of wanted. Yeah, there's there's a lot of good potential here. Like Randy would be good, Shinsuke would be good, just because it's for the psychology purposes. Have them feud with all of us again. That would be dope. But there's a lot of good candidates here, but they're just not showing enough talent on SmackDown, on Raw and SmackDown. That's that's a major problem here. Miz and Shane they came and blows Miz TV because of course they did. Uh, Miz ended up beating Elias and losing to Drew and then losing to Shane. And Shane basically picked the bones of the Drew set. Uh, as Miz went one and two in his matches, and heavy machinery the, is they're building heavy machinery and Daniel Bryan. They're doing something I wanted. I want them to do this. Is good. I'm perfectly cool with this. Heavy machinery getting closer and closer to Daniel Bryan and Rowan for the SmackDown tag titles. All for it. That's fine. Sonya beating Carmella with a little bit of an assist from Mandy Rose. Sonya, they're, they're kind of building those three up plus Ember. They're kind of building those four up together. Okay, that's that's decent. Told you about New Day versus the Owens, Zane, and Dolph Ziggler. Told you about that. Told you about Bailey and Nikki Cross. That's effectively what happened here on SmackDown. 
decent. SmackDown was at least more entertaining to watch compared to Raw. And R-Truth basically being trapped in a storage chest on its way to L.A. for Raw was funny. And everyone tried to find R-Truth for the 24-7 championship. Now we get to the good stuff that happened in WWE this week. 205 Live, basically you didn't miss but too much, except for the debut of Chad Gable. Chad Gable came up and, and stepped to Jack Gallagher. It was a dope match. Gallagher looking clean. Uh, uh, not Gallagher. Gable looking clean at 205. He's looking nice at 203 or 204, whatever weight class he was. He's looking nice. And the match itself was dope. It's a shame it ended on a countout, but I would like to see them run it back between those two. It was a good match. All for it. Perfectly fine. You didn't really miss much in between, but you got to the we got to the end, and we're getting some sort of resolution on who the next challenger for Tony Nese will be for Stomping Grounds. A very good fatal four-way between... We got uh, Umberto Carrillo, Oni Lorcan, Drew Gulak, and Akira Tozawa. Lots of good stuff happened here. Everyone got their chance to shine. The match was good. The crowd was live into it. It was very solid stuff all the way around. Very good, entertaining uh, business here. Ultimately, the match turned when Davari hit Lorcan with a chair, taking him out of the equation. Carrillo basically got ejected into the next stratosphere. His chin hit, hit the apron, so that took him out of the game. And then it was leading to a su- the finish, which was a superplex by Gulak onto Tozawa. And they basically, Tozawa counted it into a cradle, but neither guy got their shoulders up. All four shoulders were down. The referee counted it to three. So we got through controversy to the end. We're a week away from, they got one more show before stomping grounds. I'm just saying, let's get to a triple threat and keep it pushing. I'm perfectly cool with a triple threat between the three of them. Um, you got a niece versus... The guy he wanted to face in Tozawa and his, his greatest enemy in Drew Gulak. I'm all for them having a triple threat keeping it pushing. Speaking of Gulak, he was on double duty this week. He had an NXT submission match with Kushida. Which is pretty dope. Hmm? Pretty dope, I'd say. It was dope, yes. Yes, indeed it was. It was very productive. So both guys got this. We got great tech stuff from all from both parties. But ultimately, it was the hoverboard Camaro Lock. That, that got it done and made Gulak insta-tap out. Much respect for both guys, from both guys, after the match. Good look for Kushida as he keeps it pushing. We saw a solid, we saw a match between Candice LeRae, Io Shirai versus Jessica Maduke and, Mi- and Maria Shafir from the uh, Four Horsewomen. And it really turned into a brawl once uh, Shirai stomped on a limb and we just turned into a full, full-scale fight. As Shirai went after Shayna, and it basically turned into a two-on-three chaotic mayhem situation to close the match. The referee wiped it out. There was no contest. It's basically leading to, in two weeks, uh, EO versus Shayna in a steel cage for the NXT Women's Championship. So that's kind of pretty much the conclusion of this whole deal. I'm all for it. The main event was basically was Lurkin and Birch versus Undisputed Era's Roddy Strong and Kyle O'Reilly. Not Bobby Fish because Bobby Fish's arm and elbow was still in a sling. He, did, he was at ringside, though. The match pretty much was as expected. Very productive, very chaotic. A whole lot of mayhem happened here. But ultimately, it, it was Jackson Riker of the Forgotten Sons that tilted the match in the favor of Lorcan and Birch, kind of inadvertently. Riker came down to the ring. He, basically, he didn't do anything but destroy a couple security guards. But he, all he did was distract the Undisputed Era, especially Roddy Strong. This led to the roll-up by Lorcan. And a pin for the Brit Ambrawlers. They get the W over Undisputed Era, and Jackson Riker did his did his part. 
They had a good match, though. And it was, it was a good NXT in, in all in all. So well done there. Yeah. UK. Now we take it to the UK. Mm, pretty, it's a solid show. Pretty solid show. Tra- Travis Banks, the Travis Banks video. They did the Jenny promo. Uh, Jenny and and uh, and her new compadre. They they ended up destroying some people. Uh, Nia Brookside's team got got destroyed. So that, that's all productive. Really, the, the whole thing built up to the Imperium versus BSBs. It was very very good. I was I was all for it. I'm all with it. Very very productive match, pretty much from start to finish. Ultimately, the match meets meets its conclusion after the return of Alexander Wolf. Wolfie comes to NXT and power bumps Tyler Bate, leading to the pin. I believe it was Eichner that got the pin on Bate to get it done for Imperium, and Wolf becomes the fourth member of the group. So now we got a, a full crew for Imperium of Wolf, Eichner, uh. Now, getting some of Bartel, Wolf Eichner, Bartel, and the NXT UK champion in yeah. Walter. That's your week in WWE. Yes, it is your week in WWE. A lukewarm week in WWE. It got better once we got past Raw and SmackDown. I think is what is what we're saying here. Two hundred five. The NXTs in two hundred five. You did your part. You, you did your part very very impressively. I, I think before we go to the watching the matches. All-out ticket sales are tomorrow night, or tomorrow. Uh, coming from the Sears Center Arena in Chicago, August 31st, 2019. Ticket sales are out for that tomorrow. They, they've already put out the posters of Omega versus Moxley. And it, it's, it should be an incredibly dope match. I, I'm all looking forward to this. And Paige versus Jericho as well. Yes, Paige Jericho for the title. And obviously the Bucks versus the Rose Bros. The Pass will be for free on VR Live. Mm. I'm um, looking, looking forward to this. Uh, Fighter Fest, F Y T E R Fest. And that mm-hmm. card is, ooh, some of these cards, this card looks good. Okay. So it's Cody versus Darby Allen, the Elite versus Lucha Brothers and a Mystery Man, John Moxley versus Joe Janela, Adam Page versus Jimmy Havoc versus Jungle Boy versus MJF, Christopher Daniels versus Shima, and Yuka Takazaki and Riho versus Riho versus. Versus Nyla Rose. Mm, that's a solid card. And we'll obviously see some more storylines for Fight for the Fallen, which is on the uh, July 13th. And also in a pre-show match, a hardcore match between Michael Nakazawa and Alex Jabali, the owner CEO. So we'll be right back with a message from our sponsor at powerslam.tv. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 3,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 100 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at Powerslam.tv. And we're back! Spending many hours, use the code social suplex, powerslam.tv. As I said, the summer vacation for a lot of people in school, if you're into wrestling, you don't want to just have the normal standard WWE stuff or standard of New Japan. You want something different, basically, what I'm saying, from the world of wrestling. Powerslam TV is your way to go. 
3,000 hours, apparently, the promo was saying. Uh, you, you get shoot interviews. You get classic wrestling matches. You get Basically, you can spend your summer doing nothing else but watching wrestling. Go ahead yeah. go. Way to go, guys. And we had sort of a dilemma this week as we couldn't find the Loser Leaves Town match from right. Memphis, which was number 91. So we're going to take it up to 89 this week. Yeah, so that was uh, Jerry Lawler versus Bill Dundee. And Let's just from- watch the human and music video first. Sure. So we can kind of get a get a a, get a, a grasp of what happened here. Now, what I like about this, and for those who don't know, I hosted the sports lounge uh, when when I was at Monco with Dekooks, and every show we did, this was pretty much the theme music I led off the show with. It was called "Going the Distance" by Bill Conti. Somebody actually put it to this music here. So we're watching the match go. It looks like Jared, the King is in the blue. Uh, tights here with the with the crowns on it. Solid bulldog here. Bible Dundee. Make it twice. Make it no third time. No key counters. Solid counter. It's now Lawler is getting the better of it. Dropping some lefts and some rights. Dundee coming back with some jabs. Nice chop there. Double stomp. Couple double stomps right there. Shoulder tackle by Dundee. Both guys are just trading bombs at this point. This is good stuff here. Nice right hand here. Nice double X handle by Dundee. Dundee misses, goes to the outside. Lawler comes back, and Timber. Dundee goes down. Ooh, nice leg drop, but he missed. Paw driver for Dundee. Yes, hits it. Nice punch to the cup by Lawler. Lawler clapping back. Lawler gets back dropped to the outside. Good match. Dundee with a baseball slide. Make it kind of that twice. I was nuts. It actually was. He caught him first, and they caught him again. They're fighting on the outside. Dundee is dropping some bombs here. So he, he's just hitting some combos. Dundee, they're back in the ring now. Dundee bringing a whole lot of offense here. Lawler is out. Lawler's busted wide open and is catching these hands from Dundee. But Lawler's still standing. Lawler's still fighting with the rights. Lots of rights. Dundee goes down. This is basically a brawl, by the way. Lawler is hitting bombs on Dundee. Dundee goes down. The fist drop. The legendary fist drop. Good counter. Dundee with the counter. One, two, kick out. Both guys are still coming in with it. Lawler's shoulder into the post. Body slam by Dundee. Nice chop block to the knee. Makes it twice. Nice. Lawler can barely stand, but still catches a, a rising uppercut. Lawler going for the pile driver. It's a clean, clean pile driver. Lawler going for the pin. Doesn't hook the leg. Didn't have to. Lawler gets it done with a solid pile driver. Very good match. Whatever that is. And it so, seemed like a heated, heated affair. It, yeah, and it was good. It was a good affair too. Good fight. Good fight between the two. Lawler gets it done well, with that. Only call a two-minute, twenty-second version of it, but it was probably a really good match. Yeah, that's, that's what it, from what it looked like. Yes, yeah, indeed it was. So, what to next? Rick Flair versus Ricky Steamboat from Wrestle War '89. Now, fortunately, we did find the the full match. Good luck, WWE Network, for having the full match on. The display for us this week. Flair and Steamboat, as we know, have had a classic rivalry. Incredible stuff pretty much from the start of the rivalry to the end. Two legends with mutual respect for each other. This is for Flair's NWA World Championship. Steamboat's NWA. Or Steamboat's NWA World Championship. Why why does does it say Flair? 
Why does, why does it say Flair? Ty, 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 WWE. Steve did come in here with the, with the championship around his waist, so it really is for Steamboats. So yeah, let's, let's talk. Let's get to it. Three, two, one, go. They're doing an interview with Ricky Steamboat. Mm-hmm. They did an interview with Ricky Steamboat, and they take it to the ring. Jim Ross on the call. Yep, yep. Flair with all the ladies. Because of course it's Ric Flair. <laughs> uh, because of course it's Nish. Yeah. It, it, that was the other part of this that made this rivalry so good. It was the fact that Ric Flair was was the kind of the ladies' man, the, the guy who was like the like the Don Juan, if you will. Or he, he always had ladies on deck, and he had those ladies on deck. He, he was he lived that life. He was about that life. He really, as he showed in the Thirty for Thirty, that was awesome. Versus Steamboat, who's the family man. He's, he's got to have his family around. He, he's not really that kind of. But he doesn't really party that hard. He's not that kind of lifestyle. Uh, so I think that's a really that's the other part that made this such an excellent rivalry, a contrast of actual human styles. And then the wrestling was was top of the world five star quality, of course, because Flair and Steamboat. Oh. This match was not the main event of the evening, actually, as the Road Warriors Varsity Club faced off in the tag titles right after this. And then we had Var- and then other members of the varsity club facing off uh, against the first family. Actually, the varsity club versus first family for the tag titles. Yes, and the varsity club was this iteration of the varsity club was Eddie Gilbert and Rick Steiner versus versus the varsity club danced by being Kevin Sullivan. And then the tag title match had the varsity club of. Mike Rotunda and Steve Williams facing the Road Warriors and one Hawk. Also on this card was for the United States Heavyweight Championship match. Sting defeated the Iron Sheik by submission. Mm. Um, Michael Hayes defeated Lex Luger for the U.S. Um, I meant this for the Sting match, the television championship. The Dynamic Dudes! Jody Ace and Shane Douglas defeated the Samoan SWAT team, aka the Head Shrinkers, with Paulie Dangerously. Dick Murdoch defeated Bob Borton Jr. Butch Reed defeated Ranger Ross, and and the Great Muta defeated Doug Gilbert. So all in all, looks like a very productive card of names you may remember and names you may not, and then just straight up legends. All in all, so. A very solid card is, is what this looks like. But obviously this was the, the match of the night and one of the matches of all time as extent as evident on this list. So, yep, uh, the NWA Championship is proudly displayed as a Ricky, as they did doing the rest of the introductions. They are, they've already introduced Flair and now they've introduced Steamboat. I think I'm a little ahead of you. Yes. I'm at the point where Flair and where the referee was just checking Flair, or just checking Steamboat, and now it's checking Flair. Mm-hmm. Ref, everything is cool. Both guys in the center of the ring. The bell has been rung. And here we go. Collar and elbow tie up to get it started. If you want to follow along, I'm at the 124 12 mark. If you want to follow along at home. Collar and elbow tie up. Uh, st- arm drag by Steamboat. Both guys get up. Is that a young girl Hebner? Is that what I'm looking at here? No. It's, it's the I think it's, no. 
It can't be Yang. I was gonna say, it can't be Young Half. Okay. Uh, it can't be Young Hebner. Nice bat body drop by Steamboat. I think you're a little out of me. <laughs> but uh, let's, let's see. I'm drawing this line. I'm drawing the right. What, 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 uh, I'm at 124.53 as Steamboat with the arm drags makes it not make it twice. And then nice guy's got arm control. Flair gets him back into the corner. <clears throat> a open hand slap, they're just straight open hand slaps on each other, and Flair loses that particular exchange. Flair on his Flair now back to his feet. Steamboat, Steamboat actually really let him get up, honestly. And they're hesitating a little bit. They're kind of wait, they're kind of waiting for the for one of them to make a move. And let's go back to taller elbows. Flair will Flair basically pushing Steamboat back to the, into the back in the opposite corner. Referee doesn't kind of gets a clean break, breaking and Flair with a punch to the gut into the chop, legendary knife edge chop by Flair. Steamboat kind of shakes it off, but then eats another one. Flair with a nice, solid right hand. Knocking down Steamboat. Steamboat claps back with a chop. Flair with a right hand. Back to chop. Flair chop. Steamboat chop. Steamboat with, another, with getting more chops. Flair back to the corner. Flair lights him up with a nice one. Steamboat comes back with two, three more. And they're fighting all from corner to corner, effectively. Flair with a knife edge chopped back. Steamboat climbs back with, with several more. Steamboat, as they go to the fourth corner, there's a backdrop. Steamboat to Flair. Flair now down and rolling to the outside of the ring. Flair is in obvious pain from this backdrop. The referee is. Counting. Steamboat wants to go after Flair, but the ref is kind of keeping him back. Flair knows how much time he has. And oh, we have to watch the post-match, too. Because nice. this has one of the greatest angles of all time as well. Mm. Which yeah, very- we'll, we'll, we'll keep it going to the, to the post-match. We'll keep it going. But, Nate, but Flair is now on the apron. Steamboat is uh is pretty much pacing himself, waiting for Flair to get back in. Flair kind of holding on to the ropes. Are we going to get a Colorado tie-up again? Flair pacing. Steamboat just waiting. They're just waiting to make a move. Here we go. Flair with a side headlock. Steamboat with waist control. Steamboat attempts to counter and releases the grip from Nate. She does succeed. He does have finger control of Flair. Flair trying to fight it off, but it doesn't seem like he can. It's just a test of strength, pretty much, uh, from both parties. Neither guy really getting the better of it. Both guys really doing well, and Steamboat does eventually win and now has arm control of the nature boy. Nice arm control by Steamboat. He knows he's not going to probably get a tap out from this, but he does get a chance to wear out the shoulder and then have wrist control, hand control, really, on the nature boy. Flair's shoulders are not down, so he can't be pinned from this. But he does have to control, though, Steamboat. 
keeping sure. Nice elbow drop to the elbow, uh, to the shoulder of, of Flair, making it twice, and then getting wrist control and hand control on, on Ric Flair. This Flair is in a lot of pain as he is now on a knee as opposed to on his back where those elbow drops were, those elbow drops were landed. Flair pushes Steamboat back in the ropes. Steamboat then makes Flair eat a shoulder tackle and another arm drag. And now back to the control of the arm by Steamboat. Flair selling. is really selling really well. Yes. Flair very much is selling. That's one thing Flair did masterfully well was sell. And Flair does get up and is attempting to counter. But Steamboat still has the arm and the wrist control. Now he has wrist control. And wrenches it in very, very deep in the center of the ring. Ooh, nice drop toys. That was a nice counter. Solid counter by Flair. Now he's got the waist lock. Steamboat reverses and goes back to the arm. Sound tech wrestling by Flair, especially by Steamboat. Now, Steamboat dropping the knee on the back of the arm of, of Flair. And now it looks like, he's, is he trying to shoot the half or is he trying to hook the other arm? He's doing the former. He's trying to shoot the half, but doesn't have him fully. He does now. But Flair kicks out at one. While Steamboat is trapping the, of the opposite arm, the original arm, was the other smart part about this. And that was a really good part about shooting the half by Steamboat. Flair needed to get some offense going and does so with some chops. Steamboat still has wrist control, but Flair using the off arm to chop Steamboat. The good news is Flair was free from the arm control. The bad news is he's not free anymore. Steamboat basically slid under Flair to get back the arm control as he basically took out Flair's legs from under him and now has repositioned himself with the arm. Great tech wrestling by Steamboat. Flair trying his hardest to reverse the situation, but Steamboat's got his arm bar in very, his arm hold very, very deep. Steamboat is. No, he didn't do the knees. Nope. He could have a Kimura on him if he really wanted to, but instead he does not. Ric Flair finally pushes Steamboat into the corner where Steamboat now has to break the hold before he gets a five. He actually really doesn't. The referee breaks the hold for them. Which is the best thing that could have happened to Flair. A headbutt was probably the worst that could have happened to Steamboat in that particular instance. And a nice elbow by Flair. What an elbow to the head. Solid, solid. And a forearm to knock Steamboat on the canvas. And Steamboat is loopy now. Chop there. Yeah, those chops are starting to really wear down Steamboat. Flair's shaking off the arm that uh, that Steamboat worked on for the majority of the match so far. Steamboat claps back with a chop of his own. Flair hit with the right hand. Flair's hitting, some, Flair's hitting some punches to the gut. Overhand. Punches, another punch to the gut overhand. And then back to the, back to the overhand. And um, a nice forearm uh, by Flair. And the steamboat cuts back with some chops. Steamboat with the chops. And an open hand palm strike. Flair. The classic Flair fall. Always funny. 
Steamboat, if he wanted to, could get arm control, and he does. Back to the arm goes Steamboat. Smart decision. Can't be mad at that. Everyone kind of looking and kind of jotting and taking notes about what's happening. I guess they're writing to the papers. They're judges. Okay, judges basically scoring this if they're going to score it. Points and whatnot. Solid. Nice. Nice cradle by Steamboat to kind of get the arm and Nice bridge by Steamboat, I should say. They get the arm and they make sure that Flair really can't counter it offensively if he really wanted to. Flair's going to have to try to reverse the hold somehow by either flipping over. Oh, well, Steamboat did it for him. Steamboat gets up instead. Flair could get him in a fireman's carry. It's the way he's got one of his legs. And does. What will Rick Flair do from here? Flair waits. And just basically puts him on the second turnbuckle. Steamboat has really worn down Flair's arm, though. Steamboat jumps off the ropes and chops Flair back into the corner. Arm, Nice arm drag, nice drop kick. Flair goes over the top and to the floor. Steamboat's about to fly. Steamboat about to go to work. Everyone moves out of the way. There's a barricade, but there's a whole lot of camera people are there. The referee trying to keep Steamboat from jumping. Which is really helping Flair kind of recover and recoup. The referee prevents the offense from Steamboat. Flair now waiting. And the ref is, uh, oh, ooh. Steamboat shoves the ref out of the way. Hmm. Well, Steamboat does have championship advantage. So you could get disqualified and keep the title. In theory. Not, not that Steamboat is the guy to do that, but Flair kind of just waiting this out. Flair does get back into the ring. It really did give Flair a whole lot of time to recover, as his left arm was the main focus of offense for Steamboat. Mm, instead of a Colorado tie-up, Flair kicks him right in the gut. And now Ric Flair is about to go to work. Steamboat counters the, the ropes, back to the arm drag, and you already know where he went back to. You already know where he went back to. But this time, Flair does get, a, a, Flair does get up this time. Steamboat does have wrist control, but Flair now has jaw control of Steamboat. Which wins out the wrist. Steamboat continuing to do offensive things to Flair's left wrist and left arm as a, as a whole as he tries to yank the shoulder out of its socket. Flair would probably be wise to try to do something offensively, but so far, all right, pulls him off the ropes and still gets caught with a shoulder tackle. Then the match starts to speed up now. Flair this time with the arm with the hip toss. This is really good so far. It's solid tech wrestling, which we would expect from both parties. Flair tried a double drop. It did not work. He tried it with the good arm. Another arm drag by Steamboat. Back to the wrist control goes the dragon. Flair trying to shove him back to the corner is successful. Referee talking to both parties. We're not getting a clean break. We're still not getting a clean break. 
Flair is in pain because Steamboat still has the arm. Flair with a shoulder. Ouch. Flair basically lowering the shoulder into the gut of, of Steamboat. Ooh, nice chop. Nice chop by Nage. And a second one. Now Flair's got wrist, he's got the head control. What a punch. Okay, Nage. Nice punch. Nice punches there. Flair now back on the offensive. That is a young JR, uh, as mentioned before by Decoots. But Flair is starting to get some offense in. And the commentaries just made note that Ricky Simbo is ahead on points. So if this match ended in a draw, Ricky Simbo will win. But the judges are there. That's, that's understandable. That's a reasonable reason for the judge, the judges to be there. Basically, Flair's got to pin him right now to beat him, which is which makes sense considering how Steamboat dominated a lot of the match. The match continues as both guys are bringing some offense in. Steamboat is resorting back to the chops. Flair, Flair caught him, and now Flair goes off the ropes. Shoulder tackle this time by Nate. Nate then throws Steamboat out of the ring. But Steamboat gets right back up and right back onto the apron. Steamboat is now very, very pissed. Steamboat's coming in. They're coming in with bombs, right hands, lots of them, several of them. Steamboat is on the second rope. Flair is back into the corner. The ref is trying his hardest to get Steamboat to break. And, and Steamboat does relieve the pressure after a lot of good right hands. Flair gets ooh, gets thrown into the turnbuckle on the opposite side. And now he's in the tree of woe. And this is a classic flare bump. And Steamboat can go to work if he, cho- he chooses to. Instead, he just gets a free right hand on Flair. Ah, the classic flare bumps. We've seen both of them so far. Shoulder tackle by Steamboat. Flair then throws Steamboat out of the ring and onto the floor. Flair's in no mood to really chase after him. I can't blame him for that. There's a fan kind of shoving Steamboat onto the ring floor. It's very different. But they, but they really are that close, though. There really isn't much of a ringside area outside of the ring. The fans are kind of they're super jammed into this arena here. We're seeing Flair to the outside and a clean stomp to the head of Steamboat. Flair gets back into the ring. No, and then Flair gets back is right back out of the ring and then chops Steamboat into the crowd. Basically chops him into the front row. Now the ref is trying to keep Flair from doing any more damage. He's trying to get the the competitors back into the ring. Steamboat is just eating some chops. And an elbow to the neck. Ooh. A brutal elbow to the neck. It was the woman in the white shirt you see with the uh, with the glasses on. I believe she was the one that kind of uh, tapped on the steamboat's back a little bit to kind of, and kind of rolled him over to the back of the blue mat there. Steamboat with a nice chop. Steamboat's still in the crowd, by the way. Both guys are trading bombs back and forth. Steamboat's still in the crowd. Oh, nice shot by Steamboat. Steamboat now back onto the ringside area. Flair's running for his life. Flair trying to run. Flair trying to run. Flair then runs back in the ring. Unfortunately, Steamboat was ready for it. Nice. Chop. Flair bumps. All the Flair bumps. (laughs) And Steamboat then guides Flair to the the mat with another classic Flair bump. All of the Flair bumps. 
And oh! Flair gets intercepted by a chop. Flair played to the, the turnbuckle bump. And then tries, he runs the apron and gets completely intercepted by a chop by Steamboat. Flair never saw it coming. Oh, that was a nice, that was a nice one by Steamboat. That was nice. That was that was very nice. Snapmare takedown. And back to the arm. Back to the arm goes Steamboat. That was that was a nice sequence though. That uh Flair with the Flair chopped around the apron and got completely picked off. And he never saw it coming. That was that was nice. That was nice. Steamboat continuing the work on the arm. And this time he's got his knee on the arm. Flair pushes them all. Still arm and wrist control. Really more so wrist control now. Flair counters off the ropes and shoulder tackle. Flair ducks. That was a smart move by Flair. Steamboat tried to splash into Flair. Flair ducks and Steamboat ate nothing but ropes and floor. And the refs are... The ref is now to the outside. Ref now to the outside, and we're waiting for Steamboat to get back into the ring. He's on the apron now. Flair can do some real damage right here. Ops the elbow him in the side, in the top of the head. That, that works. That works. And then another chop by Flair. Steamboat putting on. Nice. Yanks him back into the ring. And he front, he front flips over to. Basically, Flair yanks Steamboat into the ring, and Steamboat front flipped onto the canvas. And he had a knee drop while at it. Good job. Good job, I think, to kind of control the action now. Flair basically then launches Steamboat off the off the ropes by grabbing his legs, and Steamboat goes back and head first onto the canvas. Yeah. Flair with some knife edge chops, two of them. Nice right hand to the face of Steamboat. And now knees, Flair's holding the ropes. This is not a legal thing. Flair now with uh, the foot to the throat. Also very not legal. But not, not the dirtiest moves in the not the dirtiest moves in the game. The, the, the ref is now down. The ref is now back up. But nothing dirty happened here. Just some just some full on fighting here. The heat of the action. Yep, yep, yep. And back suplex by Flair. Flair into the cover. Kick out by Steamboat. And another kick out. Flair still lying on top of Steamboat, but the shoulders will not stay down for three. Continuously, they won't stay down for three. Flair's trying to... Flair trying to keep Steamboat down. Failed to do so. Solid knee drop by Nage. Flair continuing to control the offense. Flair is now controlled the latter half of the match. He's going for a double underhook. And nice. Double underhook suplex. What a kick out. Flair, can, Flair has now got control of the match. And wow. does hit that elbow drop that he did not hit earlier. Steamboat will not stay down for three. Steamboat will not stay down, but the chops by Flair continue. Nope. Flair misses the chop. Steamboat dives to Flair, but then Flair carries him to the ropes so he gets guillotined. Good job by Flair to counter. And Steamboat 
not kick out there. Flair kind of talking to the ref as he's got his knee on the throat of Steamboat. Can't say it's not a smart move. It's not necessarily legal, but a smart one. Nice job by Steamboat. Flair pulls him to the outside of the ring where Flair currently resides. They're going for the suplex on the floor? Ouch. Successfully hits it. They went for it. Absolutely hit it. Now Flair going to the apron. They're constantly readjusting his tights. It's been a theme of the match. Another theme of the match. Steamboat's still on the floor. You can see a couple bumps and bruises on the match, but nothing, nothing crazy, nothing spectacular, nothing blow away in terms of the bumps and bruises. But Steamboat's obviously taking a lot of, lot of damage in this match, as, as is Flair. The referee and Flair are in the ring. Flair on the bottom rope, his feet are, as he pulls Steamboat from the floor to the apron. Steamboat kind of goes along with it. And going for a suplex. Nope. Nope. Steamboat counters. Steamboat rolls him up. One, two, kick out. Steamboat with a chop. And Steamboat and Flair go to the outside. Both guys are down. Both guys are okay, but both guys are clearly down on the outside of the ring. Referee counting them both. I love the referee in this match. There's a lot of passion and a lot of emotion involved here. A lot of passion, a lot of emotion. Flair kind of breaks the count and informally throws Steve back into the ring. You truly break it. At least on Steamboat's behalf. And now Flair is on the turn he's on the apron, ascending to the turnbuckle. Not a place Flair's completely familiar with, and we see why. Flair realizes he's about to fly. And absolutely does. Basically flies across the ring. Steamboat trying to hype himself up. Flair trying to keep trying to keep himself away from Steamboat, but it's failing horribly. Steamboat is now getting up and is raining in bombs. Right hands as he is on the Ooh. second turnbuckle. Flair back in the corner. Nice chop. Steamboat's not getting in control. Back drop. Nice. Steamboat is getting ready. Flair is in trouble, and Flair knows he's in trouble. Flair's trying to keep Steamboat away. Ooh, nice kick to the gut by Flair. Oh, counter. Roll up. One, two, kick out. Steamboat with the roll up. Flair with a thumb to the eye. Now we're getting to the dirtiest player in the game. No suplex him into the corner? No. Steam, Steamboat gives him one of the, one of the second rope. Painful experience for Flair. And if his shop was also a painful experience. This might be a little more painful. And it looks like they're going for that superplex. And clean. Nicely done by Steamboat. Superplex. Based off of Flair's face, I think your assessment was true that it was going to be a more painful experience. Going for a dragon suplex. But Flair knows what's coming and has got his foot locked into the ropes. Ouch. But Steamboat catches Flair anyway. Steamboat. Flair is on the opposite side of the ring. Steamboat. Nice, nice chop. To the top of Flair's head. Yes. Steamboat going to work. Um, Steamboat going to work. Steamboat going to the top. 
And Flair kind of stumbles into the ropes. It was the best thing Flair could have done. Steamboat's leg hits the Steamboat's onto the outside. But the best thing Rick could have done was basically counter Steamboat's momentum and stop Steamboat dead in his tracks, right? Basically falling into the ropes and knocking Steamboat off the top rope. Steamboat now holding his left knee. Well, Flair doesn't see it. Flair has actually, matter of fact, he's turned to the opposite side of the ring. Waiting for what's Flair going to do if he sees the knee injury that Steamboat currently has? What will Nate do? Steamboat is now on the apron, but is obviously favoring that leg. Nice kick to the gut by Flair. Flair with a nice kick. Flair does kick the leg, but also gets a headbutt in. Flair going for the suplex. Nice vertical suplex. Good technique. Good strength. Solid delayed vertical suplex by Flair. Flair's got Steamboat down. But what will Flair do? What is Flair going to do now? Flair, Steam, now he sees Steamboat holding his leg, and now Flair is going to go to work. Right in the water. Yeah, it is. Flair's, he's Steamboat holding his leg, and Flair's not going to work. Starting by basically doing to Steamboat what Steamboat did to him on his arm. He's literally trying to yank the leg out of his socket. And now he's twisting into the figure four. He's got it in clean. And it's got him into the and Steamboat's in the center of the ring with nowhere to go. Steamboat is in no man's land. Now it's a matter of could Flair, Flair could pin him, Flair could get him to tap, or Steamboat could just pass out of the pain. There's a lot of ways this can go, and almost none of them are good for Steamboat. Flair, it, it's even worse. Steamboat is at the opposite end of the ring, so he really can't get to the ropes as efficiently as you want him to if you're for fans of Steamboat. Flair has got all the control here in this in this moment of this match right now. Yep, as the referee was, was counting, Steve shoulders down, as I was saying. Flair can pin him off this figure four if he wanted to. The only way Steve best way out is to counter and try to get to an Indian Deathlock. But so far, no go. Flair's got the holding, Flair's got the figure four in very, very deep. Steamboat is in deep, deep trouble. Steamboat, his right shoulder is not on the mat, so that's why there was no count. But unfortunately, he's still trapped. Flair's got the figure four in very, very deep. Steamboat does inch his way to the ropes, so Flair has to break it up. But the damage is very, very much done. The other part of this, Flair linked the bad leg as the primary part of the figure four. Steamboat is and Flair with a nice kick to the kneecap. And knee to the kneecap. And Steamboat is in deep, deep trouble. It is absolutely, you said it before, blood in the water, an absolutely accurate statement. As, as Steamboat is in real, real trouble here. Basically, Steamboat's a one-legged man right now. As Flair is not chopping Steamboat in the chest, he's chopping him in the knee. Steamboat's trying to chop back. And he's basically holding the ropes to keep himself vertical. Flair pushed him back to the center of the ring. Nice and security. Using the, using the plant leg for the Inseguri, but Steamboat can't stand. Steamboat cannot stand, and it's nothing to do with the punches. It's the knee. Steamboat is going to body slam. What a counter by Flair! What a tech by Flair! And Flair gets the... Flair got it. No? Yes, Flair did get him. Yeah, Flair got it. 
Flair what, a what a counter by Flair to win the match. Steamboat body slam and literally Flair reversed the momentum to get the pin. Flair did get him. Flair wins the title. It's obvious we can say that the turning point of the match is Steamboat with the respect. Steamboat with the respect shown to Flair. Knowing that he was beaten. Much respect for Ste by Steamboat. The match turned was when Flair basically countered and and Steamboat's legs hit the hit the ropes. Fireworks go off in the ring in the arena. And now JR is gonna interview H. So we're gonna stay for the interview. And Flair's getting interviewed here. Some fans like it, some fans don't. Considering this list, not wrong. Good job, JR. Talk to him, Rick. Good stuff. Good stuff. There's Terry Funk. Getting some love. Much respect in Terry Funk. Where are you going? I like how this is going. Flair oh. not trying to be healed right now. Terry Funk is not having this. Okay, Alfred. Oh! No, it didn't. <laughs> Terry oh. Funk is stomping with Cody with a right. That escalated very quickly. Terry Funk effectively sucker punched Flair. There's an ominously looking table right now uh, where, where Flair and Funk are, but it's not being used. Instead, Funk tosses Flair into the crowd, takes off the suit jacket, and the Funk's going to work. Flair is, is, Flair is catching a beating from Funk. And Terry Funk is snapping. Terry Funk is snapped. Terry Funk is destroying your flair right now. And about that table. And his flair face just went off of it. Yep. That, that, that ominous looking table right now, Terry Funk is currently standing on it. The ominous-looking table is now currently Flair's going to get pile-driven right through it. Even worse, pile-driven onto it. <laughs> Funk pile-drives Flair onto the table. Funk has gone completely nuts. The table did not break. Terry Funk is now using the table. Literally flips the table onto Nate. Punk now has a chair. Ooh. Uses that chair on the top of the head of Flair. He's down. Gary <coughs> Punk is completely snapped. Gary <coughs> Punk is completely snapped. Yeah, he's going to throw hands with Terry. Now, Terry Funk's snapping at JR. Oh, he's falling like Funk is down. Funk is out. Uh, Flair is down and Flair is out. Terry Funk is completely snapping. Aren't you glad we watched the post-match? <laughs> this post-match. This was a good, it was a solid post-match. Funk basically, the synopsis of it was that Flair, 
Funk was trying to congratulate Flair and try to get a one-on-one against him. Flair refused. Terry Funk then responded in kind by basically waylaying him. They're replaying the pile driver again. Flair really didn't, Funk really didn't have full control of him, but the desired effect happened. He had full control of the pile driver as Funk's as Flair was down and Flair was out pretty much from that point on. So, Ric Flair is down and he's out. He's a champion, but he is certainly not feeling like it at this moment in time. So that was match number 90 on the list? 90, and then we'll do 80, 91. 92. 92. I was 92, okay. Speaking of Terry Funk, next week Terry Funk's in a match with his brother, Dory Funk Jr. Mm. versus Stan Hansen and Terry Gory from All Japan. And then we have El Hijo del Santo versus Espanto Jr. from UWA um, in August of 1986. Mask versus Mask. Solid, so, solid. Very solid stuff there. I'm glad we watched that angle because I think a Flair Funk match is later on in this list. Pretty much set up from that uh, attack by Funk. Yes. Yeah, it is worth watching. No, it's totally. And the match itself, kind of think, looking back on it, I like the psychology from it. I think it's what we've seen from the last three or four matches uh, have been pretty technical based where you see an injury on a body part, you go after it. It's smart. It's smart wrestling. And you had two wrestling savants and flair and steamboat who know what they're doing inside the ring. It's, it was intelligent to see, okay, steamboat started the match off by coming after flair's arm. And then flair, once he saw that steamboat, when the match turned, when steamboat uh, hurt his knee, Flair saw it, and it was a wrap. Steamboat never really recovered when Flair started to go after the knees, especially when Steamboat was in that figure four. I know Steamboat got to the ropes to break the hold, but Steamboat was never the same once Flair saw the knee injury and let the Flair get in the W. So, well done on both parties. Plugs. So, it's uh, Twitter.com slash BeastPlank, as I mentioned earlier. You'll obviously uh, catch up with uh, the Nyquil stuff I mentioned here. So look out for those whenever there are big moments of somebody getting put to sleep. Uh, obviously, I will I will be actually doing the State College Bikes uh, board hopping and stuff like that starting tomorrow. If we actually, if there's actually games tomorrow, the weather is not looking so great in State College right now. It's currently raining uh, here. It is, uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll, that we'll rain probably that. coming to Philadelphia. What's up? Which probably yeah, means that it's, it's coming to it's total raining, It's thunderstorms in Pittsburgh. So, yeah, it's all over the place. We're probably going to get rain soon. So, I'll be naturally uh, look out on Twitter when I, when I do the NyQuil moments. Obviously, we're talking sports stuff. Congrats to the St. Louis Blues. Uh, the Blues getting it done, winning the Stanley Cup last night, their first cup in franchise history. Certainly, there will be their parade of leaves on Saturday down in the Gateway City. Uh, Warriors and Raptors game six tonight. Looking forward to it. And obviously, I'll be up, I'll be tweeting and stuff like that during the game. So you'll check me out. You'll find me there most often. But obviously, my Facebook page will always be there too. Yes, you can follow me on Twitter at DJ D Wrestle. 
for my random thoughts on things in the world of wrestling and sports, music-wise, DJ D. Cook's music, and then, and then, that's pretty much it. All right, so let's take it home. For DJ D. Cook's, for Beast Mike, this is DJ D. Cook's, and we'll catch you by next week. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.